Hello, everybody. Welcome in. This is a special edition of the Sports Plus podcast. It's still chilly, and it's actually kind of rainy today in St. Louis. But the Cardinals are bringing the warmth up from Jupiter here soon, I promise. This is going to be our Cardinals 2020 preview episode on the podcast. For the special edition, you need a special guest, and we have one. In STL Sports Pages, Rob Raines, who has covered the Cardinals for, man, decades now. How long has it been? This is your 40, actually. You're 40. Impressive. He also writes for KSDK.com. You've probably seen his stuff published on our website. And we've also got Frank Cusimano, who I can't believe we got back from Jupiter because uh, that Mahi Mahi trio, I think he probably would have just put up shop there and lived there. You have written about that uh, restaurant, too. You've written a book about where to eat in spring training. Well, it's a guide to all the minor league clubs, including, of course, spring training and the, and the Palm Beach Club. So, yeah, Jumby Bay, one of the uh, one of the restaurants. We featured along with, you know, Waterway Cafe and a few other ones, Jetties. We were there with members of other stations, and all five of us ordered that My My Trio uh, every day. You did leave some, though, for us to get more. Yes, there'll be slabs of My My ready for you to go with scallops and chicken. All right, good. So we're going to get to a little little bit of everything here, but let's get to the biggest storyline that fans are talking about, the media's talking about, uh, the battle for the outfield spots. There appear to be... Two spots up for grabs if you want to look at it that way because I don't think Harrison Bader is a guaranteed starter in center field. He's the guy who everybody thinks is going to get it, but I don't think he's pencil or he's penciled in. I wouldn't call it with a Sharpie yet. But those there's two spots up for grabs and about four or five guys that could seemingly uh, take the mantle. Let's talk about Bader first. He is written in pencil and center. The defensive superiority, the numbers show – He's the best defensive center fielder in baseball, and that counts for a lot. And Mike Schilt's philosophy is built a lot on defense. So so he's going to get the first look. And his confidence, we know, and he's never short on that. Uh, Frank, you just saw he's kind of got a new swing he was talking about, right? Well, yeah. Uh, he actually spent a huge chunk of his offseason with his own hitting coach and working with Tommy Pham. And um, I thought – it was as easy as this with Bader. Okay, you have all these problems. You hit 205, you strike out too much. Hey, let's go back to Whitey Ball in the 80s, hit the ball on the ground. And he says, no, that's not it at all. He goes, it's about me putting my A swing on every pitch I can. Do you think Tommy Pham was working with him on his confidence too, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, even when Bader hits 205, he's pretty confident. <laughs> so that's what they have in common. But I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd like Tommy Pham. Working with my guys, wouldn't oh, you? I, well, I mean, there's nobody who who works harder. I mean, yeah. I think you, nobody's ever questioned Tommy Pham's work ethic. You know, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, you know, the there was some other stuff that rubbed a few people the wrong way, but uh, he'll probably do well. I mean, he had a good year in Tampa Bay. He'll probably have a good year in, in San Diego. But yeah, as far as as far as Bader goes, I mean, he has to. I don't care how good a defensive center fielder is on this club. You have to be able to hit. Even Mo said, he goes, look, if he doesn't hit, he's our fifth outfielder. But I'll tell you what, and, you know, again, it's mid-February and the ball's coming 75 miles an hour. He had the most impressive BPs in spring training along with another guy who I'm sure we're going to talk about. Uh, On another team, you could hide a Harrison Bader in a lineup. But on a Cardinals team that needs offense from every place you can find it, you can't really hide him. Here's a a quick bite from Bader down at at spring training about that confidence and just how anxious he is to get ready for the season. Uh, You're always playing yourself in this game. You know, obviously you're playing your opponent. Uh, You know, you're playing the opposing pitcher and his respective pitching staff and whatever they're doing out there. But uh, mainly you're always playing yourself, your own demons, your own process, whatever it may be, that you kind of deal with on a day-to-day basis in season. Um, obviously, there's talent everywhere. There's not even within this organization, there's talent everywhere. So 
You know, I don't ever shy away from competition. I never have. Um, I'm just going to go out there and take care of my business, be a good teammate, and just see how it all shakes out for me. All right, let's get to another guy who, I, I don't know, the general consensus, I guess, he might be the front runner going into camp for left field and Tyler O'Neill. Uh, we've seen it in spurts, just how that power can play at the big league level, but it's been very short spurts, and he's had trouble staying on the field. Uh, he's, he knows he has to cut down on strikeouts, but uh, he looks pretty motivated and pretty excited. I'd love to see him get 500 at-bats in a lineup, at least just to see if it can play. What do you guys think? See Randall Gritchick 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Hit 31 homers, 238 batting average. As you'll see, uh, you're going tomorrow, right? Um, he's lighter, and he did a, made a conscious effort of not being quite as muscle-bound. Now, granted, he still looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a baseball uniform, but you can tell he is lighter. Well, he's a little shorter than Schwarzenegger. <laughs> exactly, a lot shorter. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he does get first crack. The thing is, though, when you say this, if you have Bader in center and O'Neill in left, Tommy Edmonds going to get at bats. So he, you know, I, I asked Mike Schilt that: Does he play one day in right field, one day in center, one day in left, one day at second, one day at third? He may do that, you know. Well, Edmonds' Edmonds' situation is dependent on everybody else. You know, it's dependent on what Carpenter does. It's dependent on what happens in left field. It's dependent on what happens in center field, on right field. So, yeah, he's going to play as a backup at a lot of those different positions. But whether he becomes a regular at one of those positions is all is entirely dependent on what happens with everybody else. He brought his four or five gloves to spring, as we saw the picture. So he's ready for anything. <laughs> so well, they, I, I mean, they, they basically want him to become Ben Zobrist. I yeah, mean, that's what that's what they really want him to be because that because that, if if he is filling that role, that means everybody else is playing well. And you know what he told me too is he's up to like one ninety five or maybe even two hundred pounds. Really, and he doesn't look any different. He I think was, he can hit twenty home runs in the big leagues. Yeah, if he plays, well, if he plays regularly, what he, he hit twelve last year, right? And he had and he had some in, in AAA before that. And it's the thing about it too is he looks like he'd be a punch and Judy hitter, but they were all extra base hits. I'll tell doubles you, doubles and triples and home runs. I tell you, if I'm Tommy Edmond, I'd take a Ben Zobris career in a heartbeat. Oh sure, <laughs> and the Cardinals would too. I think. Let's get to a guy. Rob, I know you're pretty high on this guy. I'm pretty sure I've seen a few stories about Lane Thomas from you because I think you've covered him all the way coming up, know him pretty well. Well, he, did, he, he came over from the Tampa Bay organization. It was actually a very pop, you know, great move by the Cardinals. He was kind of floundering a little bit in A-ball with Tampa Bay, and, and uh, the Cardinals were able to get him just for some international cap money, which they wouldn't have used anyway because it was during their penalty penalty phase. So Ricky Meinhold, who left the organization as a, as a scout uh, this winter to take the job as the pitching coordinator with the, the Mets minor league system, was the one who recommended that the Cardinals go get Lane Thomas. And, yeah, he, he's done nothing but be terrific uh, the last two years in the Cardinal organization. So if he had not gotten hurt and you know, had not broken his wrist that uh, by the hit-by-pitch in Milwaukee last September, I, you know, I think he would have got a shot in the playoffs yeah. the way that outfield struggled. So that was I, where I was I, going I, next. I, I am very high on Lane Thomas. I, I think he's got a great future, and I think he's – you know, he's not that much. I don't know for sure exactly what his age difference is with Bader, but they're pretty close. I mean, I think they're both about twenty-four, maybe right in that range. So, he's he's got a great future. He just gets a chance to play. He um, had four homers and just thirty-eight at bats last year before he got hurt. And you know, sometimes I don't think there's any doubt a left-handed swing is a lot more beautiful than a right-handed swing, except Alberts. But you watch Lane Thomas's swing. That is a beautiful, that is a thing of beauty. So I wouldn't be shocked either if he ends up getting a lot of that. And, and he is not that far behind Harrison Bader as far as the defensive outfit. He yeah. can run, he can throw, he can be, especially if the more reps he gets out in center field. You know, I, I really think, you know, he could be a star in the making. 
I like that take. Um, so the Dylan Carlson hype train is what every Cardinals fan wants to talk about because top prospects are exciting, and every uh, few years we get a guy with Carlson's uh, a hype, and it just keeps going. What's the, I don't think anybody thinks – I don't think you guys think he's going to crack the opening roster, but what is a realistic expectation for him this season? Because Mosellock told you, Frank, we're going to see him at some point in 2020. Well, he'd have to have a Pujols-esque spring training to win the job. And I don't know if he's going to get enough at-bats to do that. So it makes no sense for him to go north with the team as a fifth outfielder. Go get five at-bats for three or four months, and then let's see what happens. I would say two months. I would say by June 1st he'll be here. Really? And, again, that kind of also— Well, you're benching everybody, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that kind of depends, again, on—it's kind of like Edmund's situation. If Tyler O'Neill is hitting 300 and has 20 home runs by June 1st, yeah, then you probably don't make a change there. If Vader's playing well, if Thomas is playing center, or if Fowler's doing well, then, yeah. I mean, there's, I agree with you in the sense of he's not going to come up here and sit on the bench. When he comes up here, he's going to play. Yeah. You know, four out of five days, five out of six days, whatever it is. Let's move on to the second topic here that kind of segues into that a little bit. Since the Cardinals really didn't do much of anything in the offseason, they have a ton riding on big years from their two big contracts at third base and right field and Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter. Fowler, better last year than he was two years ago, obviously, because it really couldn't have gotten any worse. Uh, and Matt Carpenter, we know his struggles. But, Frank, you were just, you've been on the Carpenter, uh, not train, but he's been apologetic. He looks better. We know what Matt Carpenter can do. So all signs point to hopefully a bounce back. You know, I think his fall is pretty easy to explain is you have a guy that comes up, you know, hitting the ball to all fields. Then he adds power, and he does it as a dead pole hitter. Then he falls in love with that. Look, if I pull the ball every time, I can hit 36 home runs. And then things just, you know, went to blank. And so now, after a year and, you know, working and observing what he did wrong, he knows he's got to get back to hitting all fields. And that is a beautiful swing right now in spring training. He's hitting the ball to left field as well as he has in years. I don't think there might be any hitter in baseball, and I don't have the stats to back this up, but I don't think there might be any hitter in baseball the last three years more affected by the shift than Matt Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I I think, you know, he just – there were so many, you know, balls that he would have gotten hits on, you know, five years ago that were outs. And, and, yeah, you hope he bounces back. I mean, th- age 34, it's not easy. You know, I mean, I know he's not coming off a specific injury, which sometimes has an effect on that, but um, he does have a lot to prove. I think the key for him is going to be getting off to a decent start. If he can hit well in April, you know, hit 275, 280, hit, you know, four or five home runs in April, then his confidence level is going to be up a little bit. But if he starts out, you know, two for 20 or whatever yeah. again, then I think maybe it might be over. I don't That's know. a great point. Uh, a good start is going to be – Absolutely imperative. Yeah, you're right. Let's hear from Carpenter down at spring training just a couple of days ago. I've got a lot to prove this spring and, I, and this season, and I, you know, I wanted to do my best, um, you know, from a body standpoint, give myself the best chance to do that. And Dexter Fowler, uh, another guy who they're counting on because they didn't bolster anything this offseason. He wasn't, like we said, he wasn't awful last year, but he's not what the Cardinals envisioned he was going to be when they got him. And there's lots of young talent pushing him. If he doesn't perform, even though that contract's there and Dylan Carlson is just raking and O'Neill and Lane Thomas, all the young guys are doing well, do you envision a scenario where Fowler's riding the bench? 
Well, him and Schultz are close. Yeah, they're, they're close, and and you don't want him moping around on the on the bench. I think you know Carpenter handled his lack of playing time last year very professionally. Very you know didn't mope. You know tried to find his spots where he could contribute. And you'd like to think that Fowler would do the same thing if he's not playing well and would accept that role. I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I will say this about Fowler. I don't think a lot of people realize this. He is a workout fanatic. You know, a lot of times, like initially when he came to St. Louis, Robin, we'd be in the clubhouse waiting to do interviews, and then we'd see him stroll in at like 3.15. We get to work earlier than Dexter Fowler does. But he had already completed like a 90-minute workout at home. Before he goes into spring training, he has his own workout with his own trainers. So he's, you know, he may have this, uh, like this facade of being, you know, lackadaisical or maybe not caring. He really cares. So uh, he had eight, 18 home runs last year, and his on-base percentage was good. I, I'd like them to hit for a little higher average. And had it, and that OPS was in the 800s his first year here. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has a, a better season too. I, I like Fowler this year. I think, and I think he's a guy. Fans really want to see him do well because it, it, that one year was about the most depressing thing I've seen a player go through because he was just awful. And, and I think he could – I'm not expecting him to have an, a huge on-base percentage anymore. I'm hoping maybe he can slug a few homers, uh, play a decent right field. Hopefully they don't have to play him in center like they were doing uh, and just – I'd be like a seventh hitter or something. Be, I was going to say, I'm going to be really curious to see where they slot Carpenter and, and Fowler in the lineup. Don't you think Carpenter, uh, I mean, don't you think Fowler has to be the leadoff guy after what we saw last year? To start the year, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I see, I like Edmund doing well. But there again, Edmund's got to be in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. And to play. And, and you know, I think, and I think Colton Long has finally gotten to the place where he could probably hit leadoff too. But I also like him hitting second. I mean, it's all going to be a balancing thing too. Long fits hitting second because or Edmund would hit second too because being a switch hitter. So, you know, and Wong batting left in front of Goldschmidt and DeYoung and stuff. So I it's gonna I don't be know if I'd want to put Carpenter in that pressurized three or four spot. I don't think so. I think he's hitting sixth. Yeah. So I Paul DeYoung maybe fourth. That would be my guess yeah. to start the year Alina anyway. Fifth and yeah, depending on who's in left field. That's true. Let's uh let's move over to the pitching side now. I think we all think the rotation's pretty set with Flaherty, Hudson, Michaelis, although now there's some Michaelis concern, of course. Wayno and Carlos. But is it really all wrapped up? I mean, Carlos Martinez, uh, although he gave Cardinals fans <laughs> quite a few heart attacks, probably, the stats were really good. Carlos was a great closer last year for the Cardinals. Hicks is not back until midseason. Are we okay with Carlos not as the closer and back as a starter? I think that his value is definitely bigger as a starter because we've seen what he can do when he's healthy and motivated, and he looks certainly motivated and in the best shape of his career so far, I think. Well, look, how many spring trainings have we had, Rob, where Carlos Martinez has come in without any pain in his arm or shoulder and in perfect shape? This is the first one I can remember. So... This is the guy who walked into the front office at the end of last season and said, I want to be a starter. So, look, I think he can give you 175 and be really good. Yeah, and, and they when they signed the Korean kid, you know, Kim, like a kid, 31 years old, but they, they basically said, you know, we may you may start, you may be in the bullpen. So, I mean, they did not promise him a starting spot. I think it would be nice to have a left-hander in the rotation, you know, if he especially can get people out. 
we'll have a couple of them here in a couple of years when when Levitor and, and Zach Thompson get here. So it's not like it's going to be any any long term thing. But you know, if Michaelis doesn't start the year in the rotation for you know because of his arm issue, then I think Kim becomes the other starter. So yeah, with the closer situation, you know, you know you're going to have Hicks back by the All Star break. All you know, seem, seems signs point to that. So, you know, can you get by with, you know, a combination of Helsley, Gallegos, Miller, you know, closing Gantt maybe for the first couple of months of the season? Probably. Or maybe just Helsley, period. Right. Yeah, it depends on how it all works, how it all shakes. I, I think you're still going to see Miller probably in some in some ninth innings if there's a couple of key left-handed batters coming up in that in sure. that inning. Uh, you know, he's another guy that they're kind of they're counting on. I mean, was okay last year, but probably wasn't as good as they expected him to be. You, know, you put him in that same Carpenter, uh, you know, Fowler category in my mind. They got a lot of lefties in that bullpen. One we haven't mentioned is Brett Cecil, who again has come in in really good shape and is absolutely pain free for the first time in a while. Yeah, it's middle of February, frankly. Yeah. Wait, don't get excited. <laughs> yeah. Back to Carlos real quick. Going through your interview with him, he talked about being mature a few times, which I thought was important. Uh, and here's what Carlos had to say about that. What do you want people to say about Carlos Martinez, the pitcher? He's different. He's different because uh, uh, he's more mature. He's more sm- he he's smart, and uh, now he looks like stronger. He looks like he was working. Now to the real wild card uh, of the season, Alex Reyes. I don't even know what a realistic expectation is anymore because just seeing seeing him live, oh gosh, I guess it was like five or six years ago when he was really young, still the top prospect. I was just down at a spring training uh, as a fan watching him pitch batting practice to these guys. He was unhittable. It was uh, amazing to watch up close. The hype was definitely real. He was a stud. Now... I have no idea what to expect. Should we just be pleasantly surprised with whatever he can offer the Cardinals? I think that's the Cardinals' attitude going into the spring is let's put no expectations on him. Let's just let him go out there and pitch and see what happens. I, mean, I think he's got a shot to make the make the opening day roster, but I think he's also got a shot to start the year in Memphis and let's prove that he's that he's healthy, that he's passed, you know, get some innings under his belt. I mean, he's thrown seven innings in the last three years in the big leagues, 60-something Total, including the minor league innings. So he's just got to pitch. If he is, stay healthy. If he is healthy, think about a back end of the bullpen: Reyes, Hicks, Gallegos, Helsley, Miller. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, I like the fact the way Mike Schilt has handled him. And you know, I don't want to get too religious here, but the fact that he sends him a Bible scripture every day, and he just—he's—they've basically said, "Look, we're not counting on you. We don't want to be mean about this, but if you come through, we're going to be really good." I think they've taken the right approach for him. And again, one of these rare times where this guy has come to camp without any pain, which is something special for him. And, and you forget this, but we've talked about him for so long, and, and it feels like three years that he hasn't pitched. He's still 25 years old. Yeah. It's not like he's 30. He's still got a lot of pitches left in that right arm if he's healthy. I don't know how you feel, and this Michaelis thing is a little bit troubling. And believe me, when the Cardinals say it's minor, that means he's out for four months. So <laughs> if he is out, I, I, I know that KK is going to get first crack. But I'll tell you one guy that I really like, and that's Daniel Ponce de Leon. I mean, in his professional career, he's never had an ERA in the fours. He doesn't have breathtaking stuff, but he competes like heck. And I think it'll be interesting to see if Michaelis can't go, whether he gets a shot. His only key is he's got to be able to throw more strikes because he's, you know, look yeah. at every game, he's out of the game by the fifth or even the sixth inning at the latest, except for, you know, once in a rare while. 
because he just walks four or five guys ever. You know, walks. Not but he doesn't get hit him. ever. No, he doesn't get hit, but he walks the guys, and yeah. then he gets himself in trouble that way. So if he can throw strikes, he's got the stuff to be a major league starter. I, I actually kind of thought, expected the Cardinals to trade him this winter, so because I thought there would be somebody that would you know see that potential in him yeah. and, and give him a prospect before because they have guys like him and Gomber, and they're starting to get some guys stacked up at AAA that need a shot in the big leagues, you know, and, and um, you know, I, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. We talked about KK a little bit, but he's really been the rock star of spring training so far. I mean, when you got 30, 30 guys from Korea coming to cover you, it draws uh, it draws a lot of eyes. Are they going to be there all spring? Third, I doubt it. It's guys. awfully expensive. They're, they're, actually, it was 30 guys that second day. I think it was cut down to like, you know, 10 or 12. But it was crazy there for a stretch. Here's what one of the media members had to say about just how big Kim is in Korea. You think about Lee Yeonjin compared with Kim Gangyang, I think it's almost similar. So, you know, Korean's very interesting. You know, one of Korean top players play big, biggest league, you know. So they are very exciting. So they'll be watching Cardinal games all year? I think so, of course. <laughs> you know, they don't care night or day, early morning, they don't care. Like New York Engine, same thing. They watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've seen a little bit from Kim. He looks really nasty, and he's, by all regards, one of the best pitchers in that KBO. The Cardinals have had good success finding guys from these Asian leagues. Uh, what, Rob, what have you seen from, from Kim just on tape? Yeah, I, I like him on tape. I, you know, obviously haven't seen him in person yet. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing him when I get down to Florida, um, you know, later this week. But I think he, as I said before, I love, I like having a left-hander in the, in the rotation. I like having a guy that nobody has seen over here. You know, he didn't come up through the system. So there's no, there is video of him, but still it's different in Korea than minor league video or minor league guy at bats against him and stuff. So I think especially the first time around the league, He's going to have an edge. I mean, he doesn't walk anybody. I mean, that's the other thing you like about him. He walked 38 guys in 180 innings last year or whatever. Here's what jumps out at him for me is he is athletic as heck. And he is all these histrionics on the mound. I mean, I think St. Louis fans are really going to like him. He really has a flair. And uh, if anybody can handle 30 media members covering him, it's him. It is he, I should say. Um, It was so big that after his – you know, when he played catch, he played catch with John Gant, who's like as talkative as a sheet of paper. <laughs> and there's like 10 media members from Korean television interviewing John Gant. What was it like to play catch with him? I mean, it was freaking crazy. <laughs> okay, so we're excited for KK. Let's get to the next thing here. My favorite part of spring training is talking about all the prospects. Rob, you write about prospects a lot. You cover these guys from the moment they're Cardinals. Who are just uh, a couple of guys fans should know Aside from Dylan Carlson, uh, as spring training rolls around, well, I think the guy to look to look for this year to have the year that Carlson had last year in Springfield is Nolan Gorman. Um, coming up, he played in Palm Beach last year, which we all know is a notoriously tough league for hitters to hit in, and did and did okay. But I think given getting out of that ballpark, getting out of that situation, and getting into Springfield in the Texas League, a much more hitter friendly league, I think he can have the same type of production and the same type of of season this year in Springfield that Carlson had last year. And I think next year at this time, we're talking about Gorman being able to make that, that same jump. I mean, he's still only 19 years old. Yeah. He'll turn yeah. 20 here in a couple of months. As long so. as he doesn't have to face Matthew Libertor, who he's <laughs> faced a million times and still doesn't have a hit, but he bragged. I, well, I walked against him once. You know, I asked him who his hero was. He said David Wright, and it's really a 
you know, you want these guys to choose someone similar in like body type. And Wright is really like right there with a power hitting third baseman. And yeah, you you watch him swing and the ball does come off his bat a little differently. You mentioned Libertor. That's the guy I'm most excited to get a look at. Uh, I was not expecting, I was expecting Jose Martinez to probably not be on this team come this year. I wasn't expecting them to get one of the best pitching prospects in baseball in the offseason. Uh, what's an accurate maybe timeline for this guy? Because he already looks really good. I would say another year and a half. I would say he'll be in the big leagues by the end of the next season. Because I think, too, he's he's also you know same age as, as Gorman, 20 years old. I would think he'll start the season at Palm Beach. He pitched in the low-A, class-A, Midwest League for the for the race last year, so it's a natural step up to start in in uh, Palm Beach. And they really like their pitchers. I think Thompson will be there, too, to start the season in the warmer weather and not have to worry about the colder weather in, in Springfield in April and May. But I think by June 1st, both those guys will be in the rotation in Springfield. So finishes up in double-A this season, gets to triple-A next year, probably pitches in the fall league this year, and then I think you know you'll see him both of those guys by the end of next season. And, you know, he's known he's special and different, you know, for a long time. And he carries himself well, but not in an arrogant fashion. He told me that before the first game of his senior year, he had 120 scouts there. 30 teams, like four, you know, representatives from each team, maybe general managers. Can you imagine that? You're an 18-year-old left-hander. You're playing your first high school game, and there's 120, like, radar guns looking right at you. I think one of those guys who was there was Randy Flores that year because that was the year they drafted Gorman. Of course, they were watching, you know, both of those guys Where did the number-wise, Gorman went? Gorman went, uh, Leotor went a couple spots before Gorman. I think he okay. went to the Rays 19 and 21, something like that. So they were, they were close, 16 and 21. Yeah, so they were they were close in terms of, of where they went. And both of them had thought they were going to go higher than that. So I, I honestly was stunned by that trade. I honestly couldn't believe Tampa Bay gave up him. But again, then again, Tampa Bay probably has the best farm system in baseball. If you look at the number of top 100 prospects they've got in that organization. So And, and remember this, too, Chase, Chase, the Bloom, the, uh, the GM of Tampa Bay, had left to go to Boston, and he was the guy that really liked Libertor. So maybe he didn't have quite as many – backers in the organization. And Tampa Bay was also looking at a situation where they wanted to improve the major league club for this year. Yeah, and obviously they Jose Martinez is well, going to do a that. Professional so, hitter. so so I mean I think you have to give something to, to, to give up something to get something and they just felt like it was a, a move I will say this, because if, of their depth. If Tampa wants to trade with you, check it out about five times before you do it because they know they know what they're doing and they're not going to get fleeced. Hey, they got Lane Thomas from that organization too. Yep. Uh let's get to know Matthew Libertor a little bit better. Frank sat down with him at spring training. I think Two of the guys that I've tried to emulate a lot in my career so far are our oldest Chapman and Max Scherzer. Um, mechanically, there are some similarities. I'm not too close to either of them specifically, um, but just the intensity and passion and enthusiasm that they bring um, and their mountain presence and that kind of ambiance that they have when they're walking around out there, um, I really try and emulate that in my game and use it to help me get guys out. All right, last thing here. Not a lot of casual Cardinals fans probably knew who Tommy Edmund was at this time last year, but he broke out, became one of their most important players. Who has maybe a chance? There's not a lot of wiggle room on this roster probably, but is there anybody you think has a chance to break onto the scene that we didn't know yet? I'm going to cheat a little bit. People know who Ryan Helsley is, but I think they're really going to know who he is this year. I think he's going to get that closer job to start, and I'm not going to say he's not going to give it up because we know what Jordan Hicks can do, and when he comes back, they'll ease him back into that role. But I think Helsley, Helsley is going to be one of the most dominant relievers in all of baseball this season because uh, he's definitely got that in 
in his uh, skill set. Who are you guys? Who do you think might be a Tommy Edmond this year, if anybody? Well, I'll just throw out the name. I don't even know if he's going to make the team, but he hit eight home runs in September. He's had a 30-home run season. He's Brad Miller, who at one time was, you know, this guy was a shortstop with 30 home runs at age 26. He had that hip surgery, which really knocked him out for a while. I'd like to see him make that team. That's a pretty scary, you know, extra infielders with Tommy Hedman and Brad Miller. When, well, the first thing I thought when they signed him, I thought, well, the Cardinals aren't taking three catchers anymore with the 26 spot. When they when they they got Brad Miller, I thought, well, Andrew Kisner's starting in Memphis. I think that was the plan all along anyway. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, Kisner's a guy that needs to play. I mean, I think he deserves to be a shot at the big league level. But, you know, we saw with Carson Kelly a couple of years ago when he came up here and sat on the bench for the last half of the season, how he just kind of couldn't handle that. And you don't want Kisner to go through the same thing again. So as long as Molina's here, as long as Wieters is the backup, Kisner just needs to play at AAA. I, I, they didn't sign Brad Miller to not have him on the club. Yeah. So, I mean, he's. I think you could basically say right now that the third team, barring any upsets, you know, barring any injuries, I think the 13 position players are set on this club even at this point before you ever play a spring training game. So I think, and I think you could probably say that 12 of the 13 pitchers are set. So I think they're barring, you know, Michael's situation, whatever the injury situation is. So I think this is a fairly, fairly set club barring any, you know, real, real surprises. So I, to answer your question though, yeah. I thought one name out that nobody knows is Cody Whitley. Who's a uh, relief pitcher came up the last half of the season at Memphis last year? Is another one of those small college kids. Pitched five innings as a senior because he underwent uh, Tommy John surgery. They got him out of Mount Olive, North Carolina, in like the 27th round a couple years ago. Pitched in the fall league last year. Did really, really well out there too. So if they have an opening for another relief pitcher, I, I think he might get the first crack. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Sports Plus Podcast Spring Training episode. Thanks again to Rob Rains of STL Sports Page for stopping by. Be sure to follow Rob on Twitter and check out STL Sports Page for more great Cardinals insight. Here's hoping the Cardinals bring that warm weather north at the end of March. Either way, it's nice to see baseball back again. Be sure to download and subscribe to this podcast, and please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.